Hey, so welcome to the Dentist Profit Playbook podcast, helping you grow your facial aesthetics business. I'm your host, Dr. Harry Singh. Um, really exciting this episode um, to interview a person I've known for several years. Delighted to welcome Adam, who's the co-founder of Convertico, helping experts turn their knowledge into income. So welcome, Adam. Hey, Harry. Thanks for having me. No problem. So obviously, this is a different type of podcast because um, Adam is not directly in the aesthetics industry in terms of either clinician or um, a supplier to aesthetics. But he is a marketing expert, marketing genius that I've worked with. Um, and I wanted to get his valuable insights in terms of you know, marketing and how people can grow their facial aesthetics business. Does that sound right, Adam? Sounds great to me. That's a great intro. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I'll give you my bank details where you can send the money. <laughs> there. So um, just want to start in, in a little bit of introduction to you um, in terms of... Uh, Obviously, Convertico, most of the listeners won't have heard of, and in terms of turning their knowledge into income. So if you want to tell me a little bit background on yourself and what you're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, at Convertico, we, we, we help experts turn their IP, intellectual property or knowledge, into additional streams of income. So we generally work with, um, with experts in their field, uh, whether that's facial aesthetic pra- practitioners, um, coaches, uh, as I say, experts within their fields or respective businesses who, um, could take knowledge and ideas and, um, for example, books that they may have written that they just don't know how to monetize and generate an income from and build the systems, the marketing campaigns and, and assets around that um, to uh, to generate additional income streams. And that's a vital aspect because it was only last month I had a conversation with a top consultant um, who speaks on international stages and he said to me, oh, I've got no patients in my clinic. And he thought because he was so well known that patients would just come flooding in or he had turned his knowledge <laughs> into income. But obviously, because we never get taught about marketing and online marketing at dental school, medical school. Do you find that with a lot of medical professionals you've worked with? Yeah, particularly because they are um, they're intellectuals. And I find that a lot of people lean into their credentials and think that that will do the selling for them. Um, but the reality is, um, it, it's it's often not the best person that wins, but the one that outmarkets the rest. Yeah. Um, and, and if you are, if if you're visible, front of mind, and your message is really connecting with your audience, they'll remember that and move towards you far more than they will do the person with the most certificates on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably going to have all these dentists, and doctors, because most of their clinic rooms has about twenty certificates on the wall. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that and i hugely yeah. admire it by the way um but, but, but the point is understanding that that's that's part of the marketing puzzle part yeah. of the the business growth puzzle is having the credibility and the expertise it's understanding how to leverage that and communicate it in such a way that it, it builds trust uh connection but you learn to tell stories around that expertise as well that really connect with your market understanding that they're not always coming to you because of what you do but how you're going to make them feel yeah, definitely. It's like that old quote, uh, people won't remember what you say or um, what you write is how you make them feel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I think one of the things that medical clinicians have is they see selling or marketing like a second-hand car sales. It's obviously um, that phrase ethical selling or ethical marketing's come into it. Um, 
do you find you get much resistance from clinicians saying, I don't really want to market, my patient may um, think less of me? Have they got that stigma that it's all, they've got that stigma of a secondhand car salesperson, they don't want to be that person? <laughs> yeah, that's really common, but not just with medical professionals. It's common with every kind of business I work with. Yeah. Um, and where it becomes uncomfortable is actually we don't like selling ourselves. We don't like selling ourselves or selling a dream or selling selling something that people might be skeptic, skeptical about whether you're actually going to deliver the result. So yeah. I, I call that selling your own status. Right. What what people struggle with the most in any walk of life and in any business is is selling ourselves because we're there to be shot down when we do that. And it's uncomfortable at times. So I always recommend strongly that you sell the status of others. You sell the results that other people have had um, and demonstrate that rather than promising something that you can't demonstrate. Does that make sense? So rather rather than saying we can, you know, we'll, we'll deliver um, the best lips in Essex, you, you'd, you'd actually say, here are five examples of clients we've worked with. And when they came to us, this is how they felt. This is this. And here's where they are now. So you're, you're using their status and their, the identity that you've given people um, that you've given the value to and got results for and marketing that way, rather than just promising stuff that you potentially could be called out as, you know, and not being able to deliver. Yeah. Uh, and I think that gets rid of that, that level of uncomfort or discomfort. And you touched that point. Does that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly. And you touched that point about telling stories because yeah. I've seen so many clinicians just having before and after pictures and really, but you emphasize this is Sally from blah, blah, blah. She's concerned about this. Her uh, objections were she didn't want fake lips, etc. And a lot of clinicians forget to add that bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I think, I think the more you evidence the results you get for other people, um, the less you have to sell because yeah. it's evidence-based selling at that point. You're not promising, you're not over-promising and under-delivering. Yep. Perfect, Adam. Um, so what was the best or most important advice you got when you started your own business? Um, most important advice I got when I started my own business Never lose sight of why you did it. Okay. Uh, I, I know a lot of coaches and a lot of people out there talk about the power of why. Um, I, I think it's the barometer or the anchor that we should all stick to. It's really easy in business sometimes to get dragged into new, exciting, shiny things uh, or to get distracted and disheartened by where you might be in your journey at any given time. Um, But if you always reconnect with your your why and make sure that you use that as the the compass when you're going through your business journey, um, it's the fastest path to getting the results and the outcomes that you wanted. Yeah, you've known me for years. I always get distracted by shiny object syndrome. (laughs) There. So um, let's have a look. Um, Sorry, Harry, you still there? Yeah, 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 I'm still there. Can you hear me? I can, I can hear you. I'm so sorry. Got calls coming in. <laughs> Man, demand. No, no. As I said, you know me for several years, and I always get um, distracted by shiny object syndrome. I want to do two million things at one go. 
there. Um, uh, let's have a bit of fun. Have you ever posted a TikTok video? I, you know what? I haven't. Um, I've I've dabbled with some YouTube shorts. Uh, I've not done TikTok videos yet. I don't know if I'm cool enough, Harry. I don't know. I don't know that I'm trendy enough. Or, um, or young enough. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, quite, or young enough. Um, you know what? I think TikTok is an incredible platform. I think it'll be an amazing platform for business. Um, yeah. I think a little bit like Instagram, um, or unlike Instagram, actually, TikTok knows what it is. It's really clear on what kind of platform it is and it wants to be. Uh, Instagram's got lost and Instagram's got messy. So I think, like, for facial aesthetics and for, for medical professionals, shooting content and sharing content on TikTok is like a must for business growth and, and visibility yeah. is huge opportunity. But yeah. no, I tra- tragically, I haven't personally done it. No, me neither. My, I think my kids would cringe if I started posting on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so what advice would you give to someone starting, uh, say, in their septic business, opening their own clinic, want to offer these services? Um, be really, really clear on who your customer is and who you want to serve. Um, and never never lose sight of that um a- anyone anyone starting out in business particularly in you know in aesthetics where it's a very people focused business where you're going to have a lot of connection time build a lot of re- relationships particularly in in an environment where you get repeat business relationships are going to be critical yeah. make sure that you make sure that you identify who you want to serve and work with people customers i mean work with customers that that you are excited to see every day that that value what you're going to do for them and want to go on a journey and have a, have a great relationship. It's so important. Um, it's important in every business, but particularly when it's face to face and something that is, you know, quite intimate and quite personal, you're going to really need to get to know your customers well, and they're going to need to, to trust you really well. So yeah, be laser focused on that. It's so important. Yeah. Um, and I get so many new clinicians that say, okay, who do you want to serve? And they go, everyone. Which, yeah, it's car crash. And they have that like FOMO if they go, if I narrow my focus, I'm going to be missing out on all these other patients. But yeah, you know, if you'll never, you'll be known for that typ- typical, like a Seth Gordon, Seth Gordon calls it a tribe. You'll be known as the expert in that particular niche, avatar, etc. Yeah, you want to be the go-to person. That's the, and the personal brand and the company brand you build is is known as solving that problem for people. I mean, it's it's, it's not you know I don't want to be flippant. We we talk about this a lot in coaching. And I'm really aware of the the curse of knowledge, right? No, I, we do this stuff every day, so it's second nature to us. But um, we often say if you try and serve everyone, you'll serve no one, and it's so true. Um, and sometimes that doesn't always land or resonate with people. But once you've been through it and you've tried to serve everyone and you're deeply unhappy because nobody really values you and, you, and it's a race to the bottom on price because you're, you're now competing on price because you serve everyone. That statement at some point in your career will mean something to you. Um, so I would strongly suggest you take that advice now and avoid the pain that I've experienced. And I'm sure you have at some point, Harry, uh, yeah. in trying to serve everyone. Yeah. And as you say, once you narrow your niche, you you enjoy your work. You, you look forward to seeing those patients. I know a lot of dentists, being a dentist myself, they see certain patients on their day list, and their heart starts, starts beating and pacing. <laughs> so, and the worst thing I did, I would look at the day list the day before, and then I wouldn't be able to sleep all night because I go, oh, Mrs. Jones is coming in for a fiftieth dentures or something. There. Let's have a look. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve in marketing? 
My biggest pet peeve in marketing. Oh, great question. Uh, I would say, um, I would say a lack of customer journey and understanding how to like, I see too many people just go straight to the point of buy from me. Yeah. And they say so, so they confuse marketing and sales. Marketing yeah. is marketing is the is is the brand awareness, taking people on a point of education, nurturing them, getting them used to your message, ensuring that you're connecting with them, um, adding value and educating them. That's marketing. And I think most people go, no, it's, it's okay. Once I've got a lead, I've just got to pick up the phone and sell to them. And they expect miracles to happen, and then and then wonder why they're not getting the conversion rates and the sales that they want. People buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. People don't get to know, like, and trust you in a heartbeat, um, particularly within the medical professional, within facial aesthetics especially. People will be shopping the market. They will have an abundance of choice quite often. Um, and it's those that stand out that recognize that the first point of contact isn't, isn't straight into a sale. The first point of contact is an opportunity to establish trust, to nurture people, to educate them. And I, th- I get so frustrated when people just go, oh, great, I've got a lead. Someone's liked a Facebook post. I'll pick up the phone and, and I'll be able to sell to them. It's just... And then get, you know, they get upset or frustrated when, when they're not making sales. Um, you know, you've got to understand you're taking people on a journey. Go back to what I said earlier about knowing your ideal customer and connecting with them. That connection doesn't happen by them liking one Facebook post. It happens over a period of time. Um, and, and, and really kind of add value. People, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm on my high horse now because you've, you, you touched on something. <laughs> so this, this, this is really important to me as well, right? When, when we coach and work with people, I always say, but a point, by the time somebody gets on a phone call with you, you're not having a sales conversation. You're having a conversion conversation. By the time someone picks up a phone and speaks to you, you, sh- you should have done a good enough job in your social media content and your education and nurturing that they, they're already bought from you. They know what you do. They know real- realistically what it's going to cost them. They, they know enough about you to want to buy from you. All yeah. you've got to do is make sure that you, there's a values match and that you're, you know, they're right for you and you're right for them. Help them overcome any, any remaining limiting beliefs or doubts that they've got and then convert. But by the time they get to you, they should already be sold on. Why would they even book a call or pick up the phone to you if they weren't sold on what you do? Yeah, perfect. And as we know, in marketing terms, they call it like the coffee to marriage line. So <laughs> yeah, the coffee, we're at the coffee stage at the moment. If you just do one marketing campaign, you're not going to marry them straight away. There's, as you said, building that nurture, that relationship where they see, yeah, you, your social media posts, your blogs, et cetera. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Hey, um, bit of fun. Have you had any aesthetic treatments yourself? <laughs> no, no, and I'm so glad this is a podcast because I reckon <laughs> I could probably, I reckon I could probably do with some, but no, I haven't. Um, would I consider it? I reckon that's a good question. Yeah, I think I yeah. would, especially having spent quite a bit of time around yourself. Um, yeah. but it, it for me, and, and and if I'm looking at it from a customer perspective, all about trust. I just I would have to know that I can trust the person that I'm going to see. It'd be implicit. It'd be the the number one factor for me. So I haven't, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't. Yeah. And it's quite good because we get a lot of delegates coming and they're not anti-treatments, but they wouldn't have treatments themselves. And I go, it's like a fat personal training. You wouldn't go and hire them. They come in with a KFC bucket. They <laughs> walk in the walk and talk in talk in terms of, yeah. And then you could go the reverse. I've been to some international conferences where you look at some of the faces of the doctors and then go, how the hell do they get any patients? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, completely agree with that. Yeah. Okay, just a couple of final questions before we wrap up. Um, 
What three, I know you love reading, what three books would you recommend to our audience? Okay, so, oh, great question. So I think as a, I think as a business owner, um, having great daily habits is critical. So there's a book called Atomic Habits that I would strongly recommend uh, by James Clear, I believe. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a fantastic book. As a marketer, uh, I think the book that changed everything for me was a book called um, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. Um, and uh, in terms of knowing your personal brand and being a key person of influence, uh, there's a book called KPI or Key Person of Influence by Daniel Priestley. Um, those three books are an absolute must have for any business owner, particularly in marketing terms. Yeah, I'll stop sweating now because luckily I've read all three. So it's good. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. OK, so no, thank you, um, Adam, for giving those insights. It's come at a different angle because where I wanted to get Adam, because business is business, the same strategies applied to um, a printer were applied to a septic clinic in terms of building up the relationships customer journey and um, if our listeners want to find out more information about you where can they go obviously we'll put some links for your website etc but where can they find you well i think the first thing would be to take um take our scorecard which is the ip rockstar scorecard so this is for people that have got knowledge and intellectual property and want to monetize it so um iprockstar.co.uk take the scorecard and then you'll go into a marketing cycle Hack the hell out of it. Use it. Learn from it and figure out what we're doing to connect with our audience and, and see how you might be able to replicate that within your own practice. I bet take it as well, then, because it's just newly released, isn't it? It is. It's only just out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> there. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Adam, for your time. I know you're a busy man. Um, for those valuable insights for our listeners, I'm sure the listeners would have taken notes. Of that. I've taken quite a lot of notes myself. So no, thank you, Adam, for your time. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, man.